Hello. And welcome to yet another quarantine episode of Saturday, Saturday the, 14th. the 14th. We are bad at doing that in unison when we're not in person. We're going to be amazing at it by the end of this quarantine, though. I honestly don't expect that to, unless we just like practice a lot which to be fair we don't know how many episodes we're gonna have to record like this that's true and it's my constant nightmare yeah and we're bringing you a very special quarantine episode yeah it's maybe something that will hit closer to home than you would like it to yeah uh but we are not doing the movie quarantine no although we're also not not doing the movie quarantine we're doing its spanish predecessor the original version wreck which, like, you don't, you can't actually tell what the movie's going to be about from that title. No, you can't. I like it. It's very vague. It does uh, suggest that it's going to be a found footage film, which, of course, it is. Yeah, but and I guess found footage films weren't super big when this came out yet. Uh, I think Paranormal Activity was really the one that blew it out of the water, which we talked about in that episode. Yeah, but, but this was, this like, one, on the cusp. Yeah, and I think that I have a lot of thoughts on this movie. Not yeah. too many, but most of them involve the fact that the only version that I could find to watch was uh, dubbed. Yes, and I had that same experience. God, dubbed moody, uh, moody's dubbed movies are not great, especially if you can't get like good voice actors. Yeah, I don't know what was happening there. I really do think that this movie would have been. I think, I think it's it probably a good, good movie. Yeah, yeah, but it's impossible to see this as a good movie when you watch the dubbed version because the dubs are so bad and also vaguely racist. Yes, there are some pretty racist moments, but in general, it's just like they, it, like even the sound quality is off. So like, it doesn't sound like people are in the room. It really sounds like there's just like somebody like. I mean, it sounds super super dubbed. It sounds really really it's, fake. It's like a. It's like a stereotype when you see like the old like kung fu movies that are like badly dubbed in English. Like that's how it felt watching this. Yeah, it kind of did. And it and I think especially for a movie like this which like put so much effort into making it feel authentic. Yeah. That that really undermines a lot of it and I think that that's a, a big disservice to the movie. Cuz I was watching this and I was like this movie's okay. Like I don't love it. I get it. And then I was reading all these reviews and all the reviews like love this movie. Like it got so many like four and a half out of five star reviews or like it was included on lists of some of like the best movies of the decade. And I was like, damn, like what am I missing? And I realized that just it probably is that realism factor. I think so. Because I mean, if you think about the other aspects of this movie, like if you think about the like physical acting, you know, voices and, and dialogue excluded, the physical acting, the way that it's shot the storyline, the pacing, all of that stuff is fine. It's good. It's, you know, it's a good, interesting movie. There were a couple times that people got hit. There's one moment where, like, I guess the older woman who's, like, the first woman who dies, when she comes uh, back later in the movie and attacks someone, like, they hit her in the face and she, like, does, like, a little twirl as she, like, falls away. <laughs> and I laughed at that because that wasn't great, but everything else was really well done. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's any movie that there's a lot of special effects and, and stunts and stuff like that is going to have, like, one or two of those things where you're like, oh, I don't know if that looks the way they meant for it to look. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's always a little bit of that, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think that if I could have found a, a subbed, like, a, a um, subtitled version of this, I would have. I would have liked it a lot more, yeah, I think. I think so. But yeah, uh, 
as we mentioned, this was uh, made on the earlier side for found footage film. So this was uh, this came out in 2007. Yes. And this actually has two directors, which I think might be a first for movies that we've covered. Um, it was co-directed by Jaume Balaguerro and Paco Plaza. Um, and it was written by them as well as uh, Louis A. Berdejo. Um, and so, then, yeah. uh, so before this, those two, uh, the two directors that actually worked together on a documentary called O.T. La Pellicula. Uh, so that's kind of cool, but very different than a uh, horror movie. Is O.T. the name of the band? I think so. Okay, because that would be O.T. the movie, which would make sense. Oh, hey, ha. Huh. Yep. I think O.T. is the name of the musical, of the music group. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, um, but yeah, but again, uh, actually them having documentary experience kind of makes sense as to why this actually kind of looks like it could have been shot for realsies. Yeah, I think that that really translated well. And I, I think it's so unusual to see like two directors on one movie. And they even kind of talk about that in a couple of interviews I read where they were like, yeah, this wouldn't really work for like a normal movie. But because we kind of did everything unconventionally anyway like it's sort of we just like work together in every step and it sort of worked but like for a normal movie it would have been a nightmare <laughs> that's great i mean happy it yeah. worked out for them yeah yeah um so this stars uh manuela velasco uh as angela vidal um fran terraza jorge yamam serrano pablo rosso david vert vincente gill martha carbonell and carlos vicente in the true found footage uh vein this was made for $2 million, which is yeah. actually a lot for a found footage movie. It kind of is, but I can see that sort of like it is a bigger set. The practical effects were pretty well done. Yeah. Um, they had to, even though most of the movie does take place in one apartment building, um, there are scenes where they like, have to use like a firehouse and stuff. And yeah. I can see where some of the extra budget came from. Yeah, it's not quite as insular as something like uh, Paranormal Activity, but yeah. still pretty low budget, especially considering they made $32.5 million back on Oh, that. it's so much money. It is so much money. And that's not even counting whatever they made off of the sequels or the... Yeah, because they made three more after this. Yeah. And then I, think... I assume that they also got some uh, royalties from the English ver- or the uh, American Yeah, that makes versions. sense. So, uh, well done, yeah. directors. Kwame yeah. and Paco? Yeah. So this movie starts off uh, and it has Angela Vidal, uh, who's played by Manuela Velasco, and her uh, cameraman Pablo. And they are shooting a show that she does seemingly on her own. Is it like a kind of like a YouTube channel or it doesn't seem like it's a news segment? So I think that it might be a news segment, but I think it's one of those like really low budget news segments where it's literally just like the host and the camera people go out and shoot it and then like deliver it to the network and that makes sense yeah yeah because it's just the two of them there's like there's nobody else involved um and so she starts off the movie by like going around the firehouse and talking to all the firefighters and like hoping something is going to happen because they talk a lot about how like most nights not that much happens or they get called about a lot of weird random things that aren't fires like pets being in trees they even make a joke about how it's like the stereotype of the cat getting caught in the tree yeah and eventually her wish actually does come true because it's like the middle of the night and they're like playing a game of basketball yep (laughs) and all of these like all these firemen are like kind of trying to like hit on her because she's young and cute um and then the alarm goes off and they have to get out of there and she hops into one of the trucks with them so she actually manages to go along for the ride 
Yeah, and so they get to a big apartment building and they go in and there's this like chief of police type guy. I don't really know uh, his story, but he's like an older police officer. And he's like giving them a lot of shit for not getting there quickly, which is weird because they came like as soon as they got the uh, call. Yeah, and they're, yeah, I don't really know what, like what the miscommunication there is because he's like oh you guys took your time and they're like what are you talking about like we just got the call we came directly over um but it kind of starts off on a weird foot between the two groups like they're already not really on great terms but like all of the tenants of the apartment building are in the lobby area and they're like freaking out yeah apparently um there's a unit that an older woman lives in and they just heard her screaming like relentlessly to the point where the entire building basically like went down to the ground floor because they're so freaked out about all the screaming coming from this unit yeah and they kind of like you you not you don't really meet everybody but you sort of see all the different people that'll like be the characters throughout the movie and then um the police officers the police the main police guy two of the firefighters alex and manu and then Angela and Pablo, who is her her um, cameraman, all go up to see what's going on up there. And the police officers are like, why are there cameras here? Like, what? what is Yeah, happening? especially because they go into this unit. They end up breaking the door down. And she, like, screams because she's not paying attention. Uh, this is um, Angela. She's, like, the only, not the only woman, but, like, the only, like central woman to this movie i guess yeah i I would agree there are other Um, like narratively important women but she's like the main female character yeah um but so yeah when they go to break this door down she does not expecting it and she screams they go in and they're trying to call out and they see the older woman who they think was screaming in the apartment yeah she is covered in blood (laughs) yeah it's pretty freaky she's wearing like a white nightgown just like smeared in blood and like they they go kind of into the uh like her living area and she there's like a a mattress on the floor that's also covered in blood and they're like turn the camera off and they like pretend to turn the camera off but they don't really and then the woman attacks one of the officers and like rips his neck open with her yeah mouth. she just bites into his neck and pulls and it's like the sinewy grossness and it's actually pretty well done yeah honestly some pretty good special effects in this yeah uh the special effects are really good um and they uh, get the fuck out. They grab the police officer and go down. And they start, like, applying pressure to his neck to, like, he won't bleed out and all that. And everybody but downstairs is like, what the fuck is going on up there? They decide to go try and leave the building to go get him medical attention. Um, there's also a woman who is carrying her daughter who she says has tonsillitis. And her husband's outside with antibiotics. And they try and go outside. But um, the house has been shut down they're like police outside not letting anyone out yeah because they have gotten basically they've gotten like some sort of alert that there's some weird shit going on inside they're like okay we're just going to communicate with the police officers who are in there so just listen to them it'll be fine we'll figure it out we'll get you out of there as soon as we can but then they're also like sealing the entire place up yeah, and people are freaking the fuck out, obviously, because, yeah. like, you've just been told that you can't leave your apartment building. And, like, they try and go out a different way, but there are police outside the windows, like, shining lights and saying, like, if you try and, like, get away from the window, if you don't get away from the window, we will be forced to take drastic action. Yeah. And basically saying, like, we're going to shoot you if you try and leave. Right. So they stay inside, and um, as things are getting wild, uh, it gets wilder because Alex, who's one of the... Um, 
fireman that uh, um, Angela and Pablo came with, he had stayed upstairs with uh, Mrs. Izquierdo um, just to kind of keep an eye on her. And he gets thrown over the side of the staircase. So it's like a, a sort of a circular staircase with like, a, you know, drop down the center. And she just like fucking chucks him down from like two or three stories. Yeah, he just and he falls. lands on like the ground and is not in good shape. Nope, not doing great. Yeah. And then um, there's and there's a younger police officer, not the one who was bitten, but the other one who's like trying to keep calm and like he at some point like takes a roll call for everyone where they all have to like list off everyone who like lives in the building and like what unit they live in. So yeah, they mention also that there is like a Colombian girl, but we don't see her at that time. Um and also there's a young Japanese family and the like grandfather in that family is like sick in bed yeah and they also mentioned that there is another apartment in the building that is sealed off that nobody lives in because it's the attic yeah it's like the attic apartment it's this guy who lives most of the time in madrid but he also rents out this apartment and he like never comes to the to the unit and then he stopped living there and sealed it off so no one goes in and out so i'm not worried about that one yeah um, but they should be worried about the Colombian girl because Miss Izquierdo fucking straight up murders her. <laughs> yeah, I don't really remember exactly how that like happened, but uh, yeah, she I dies. think they're like they're up on that floor together, and everybody else is kind of downstairs. Um, yeah, and so there's really not anybody to necessarily protect her except for Sergio, who is the remaining officer up there who does shoot Miss Izquierdo. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, okay, well. That's that. I guess we'll figure out what to do with all of these like dying people because the police <laughs> won't let us out and won't send anybody in. So yeah, and then we also find out there was a dog that was taken to the vet recently. Yeah, because um, so Angela and Pablo go downstairs and they're like, "Well, we have all this time and all these people. Let's like get to know them a little bit." So they interview like this med student um, who is trying his best, even though he, he like he's not a doctor. He's just a med student, but he's kind of trying to like keep people alive as best he can. He's a good guy. He seemed really good, yeah. Um, and then they talked to um, the, yeah, a little girl who's, do- the little girl with tonsillitis, and her dog, Max, has been sick, and she wants to see her dog, and she's sad about that, and she doesn't feel good. Um, and then this really racist uh, dude oh God. who blames yeah. the Japanese family, even though he keeps calling them Chinese, for bringing the disease into their building, which feels <laughs> haunting. A little too on the nose, yep. yeah. <laughs> Um, um and also the japanese family and we get a very very racist oh God. Uh, yeah they were so the japanese family was dubbed and it was clear that they're supposed to be like from japan and not like fully fluent in spanish which is like what the movie was filmed in so having someone who was like actually japanese do that makes a lot of sense i tried looking up as to whether or not the person who dubbed the japanese woman was japanese but i couldn't find any information on like who the per- voice actor who dubbed for her was but it just sounded like someone doing their best to, like, fake a Japanese accent and just say the stupidest thing. So she was like, at some point, it was like, oh, like, stare, go up or like something like that. I was like, what is yeah. going on here? This they, is like, so weird. Yeah, it was rough. And just, yeah, oh, God. It was I have a feeling in the actual good. movie itself, when it wasn't dubbed, it was pr- it probably fine. Probably. I think also for us, we wouldn't have picked up on it even if it was a little shady because that's true. Because it would have been Spanish, it in a different language, we wouldn't necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. But, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> that was like rough. It and was. yeah. So 
it's a whole modge podge of people and they're just trying to get by. They start accusing each other. Like Maggie said, um, this one like weird kind of racist older dude accuses the Japanese family of having brought it in from like another country. Uh, someone accuses the girl of having it. And the mom's like, no, it's definitely tonsillitis. Like stop. And then someone talks about the dog and everyone's just like pointing fingers. Yeah. And there's also been like a weird update because they talk about, they call in a code. I forget. It's like a BRN, but it's like different in the. It's three letters. Subtitles yeah. Um, but it's basically if there's like a biological, radiological, or nuclear component that they're worried about. And so obviously it's supposed to be like they're concerned that there's a biological component at play, but everybody's like nuclear and like freak the fuck out. Um, and they decide they're going to actually send in a uh, doctor dude in a hazmat suit. And yeah, a health inspector. A health inspector. There we go. I couldn't remember what they called him. Um and he's going to come in and they're afraid of a virus. And they said that they, there's a dog that came out of the, of the building that had a virus. They don't want this to get out. So they're going to test people. They're going to do like a blood test. And if people who have not been infected are going to be allowed to leave. Yeah. So, so this guy comes in his hazmat suit. Yeah. So while they're doing the health inspector stuff, um, Angela and Pablo are not allowed in like the area. Cause they're basically like over a textile warehouse. Um, and that's a part of the building. And it's like a, like in the lobby, there's like a, a place where they can bring down like a um, a grate basically and block that section off. And then it's just a residential area. But they're down in like the textile area trying to treat the sick people and test them and stuff like that. Um, and Pablo is watching with the camera through a window. And so we get to see on his camera, one of the people who was basically near death sort of come back to life as basically a zombie and attack uh, some of the other people who are... Yep. And it's also interesting because the the, uh, hazmat guy wasn't just, like, taking blood, but he was, like, giving them something. Yeah. We never really find out what that was. No, not really. But they, like, everything kind of goes to shit then. Everybody's, like, screaming and freaking out. And eventually the the health inspector explains that the dog has, like, this kind of rabies and that it was also traced to this building. And that's what they're concerned about. And so Angela is like, wait, what was the dog's name? Was the dog Max? And he's like, yeah, it was Max. And everybody and like, when they turns... realized it was for sure the yeah. uh, girl's dog. Yeah. And so they all look at like her mom and they're like, what the fuck? Like, you, this is your dog. You brought it in. Like, she brought it in here. Like, what's wrong with your daughter? Isn't she sick? And the mom is like, no, no, no. She just has, she just has uh, tonsillitis. She's totally fine. And then the girl turns and like pukes blood all over her oh, mom. Oh, yeah. And, it's like, so gross. Off. It's really disgusting. It's a great turn. Like, very surprising. Good yeah, because like when I was watching, I legitimately thought that she had tonsillitis. And I was like, I feel so bad for this girl. Nope. If somebody has any disease at the beginning of a zombie movie, they're fucked. Yeah. So um, after that, Sergio uh, actually then handcuffs the mom to the stairs because he's worried that she's also going to become like a zombie. And she's freaking out. She's like, why the fuck are you handcuffing me? Um, and they go upstairs to find Jennifer, the little girl. Yeah. And they do... And Sergio is like trying to like, I, I don't, I don't really get what he's trying to do. Cause he's trying to be like, it's okay. Come with us. Everything's fine. But like, she's fucking. Yeah. If you infected, see, there's a spotlight so she... on her face. So like hers, the skin on her forehead looks like it's rotting. Her eyes are like red. And he turns to Angela and Pablo. He's like, what's wrong with her eyes? And then she lunges at him and attacks him. Yeah. And uh, so he's like, you guys have to get the fuck out. Cause you know it's going to go badly for me. Um, and basically they all kind of run down into the warehouse or into like an area where 
I think it's in the warehouse. Honestly, the next or like 10 the minutes, everyone is just running up and down the stairs alternatingly and one by one each person is bitten uh, or attacked or killed in some like form. And it's just really yeah, funny because like, everyone's like, gotta go downstairs, gotta go downstairs. And then like two well, minutes later, it's like, gotta go upstairs. Still, the mom is still handcuffed to the staircase and then she gets attacked by zombies and she can't do anything because she's handcuffed. So she gets turned. And then as people are trying to come down the stairs, she's like trying to attack them. And like briefly, they're like taking shelter in the basement or like in the textile area. And then one of the guys that's with them is like, yeah, I got, I think it's a health inspector actually. It's like, I the got health bit. inspector you guys says that he got have bit. To get yeah. The out. And so, so he locks all... himself, um, and which is great of him. And yeah. then he ends up like turning and goes and grabs someone like through the gate. Yeah, so... he grabs the, um, I think the husband, the Japanese husband. I think you're right. Yeah, and like the entire Japanese family him. ends up being they all... uh, turned and yeah. Um, uh, they end up like breaking their necks, which is like the most like violent death. Was also against the Japanese family. Uh, actually, I think that Manu snaps the neck of the racist dude as well. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So there's some general. It's pretty violent towards everybody. Somebody gets dropped off of a, <laughs> off of a staircase. So that's you know. Okay, there's, yeah. there's a general. Just, yeah. So basically, it comes down to like Angela, Pablo, and Manu, who are the only ones left. Yeah. So what happened is at some point, um, the kind of like older racist dude, uh, who did not like the Japanese family, he remembers there is like a grate inside of the textile factory that leads down to the sewers. And so if they can go through that, they can actually escape without being cornered by the police. The problem is, though, that there's a big door. And they're like, well, fuck, what like, help is that? And he's like, no, but the people, the guy who like owned this building, like the building manager guy, he has the key to that door. And they're like, great, let's go. And then uh, that guy ends up getting killed. But then, so Manu, who's one of the firefighters, and Angela and Pablo, the three of them, go and like break into uh the housing guy's apartment yeah and they like toss the whole place but they do eventually find a shit ton of keys which is also a problem because there's so many keys that they don't know which one goes to which so they go back outside and they're like trying to go back downstairs but manu gets bitten after like really just powerhousing his way through a bunch of zombies um but he gets bitten and so they're trapped like they can't go down any further because now he's there and also everybody else is down below so instead they go to um the the apartment that's completely locked up all the time and they find the the attic yeah and they get in there uh and it is fucked up in there yeah so there are news clippings just covering the walls and they're all about this one portuguese girl yeah tristana medeiros so, okay, so they find this tape recorder, and the guy who owns the penthouse is, like, he works with the Vatican. He's, like, trying to figure out, like, this enzyme that this girl, Tristana Medeiros, is carrying because it seems like, based on the symptoms that she has because of this infection, she's possessed by a demon. It's never really made clear in this entire movie whether she's actually possessed by a demon, and it's also, like, it Or if, like, the church decided it. Yeah, or, like, what the situation is there. Um, no, but I guess that's actually as... something I really like about this movie is slash don't like at the same time as it doesn't give any answers to anything. Yeah, it does not. It which really is probably not. how it would feel in that moment. Yeah, I think so. I, I like that about it. it. It is frustrating to watch, but I think in terms of like a found footage movie, it makes sense because you, yeah. would, like, you wouldn't get that. Um, but so he tried to do all these experiments on her 
to treat her, but it mutated and it became contagious. They also don't necessarily tell you how it got from her apartment to the other people in the building. Maybe no, rats they don't. or cats, because they mentioned that the the woman who is first infected has like a bunch of cats, but you never see them. So like, I don't know, maybe that could be what it is. But also, um, uh, I think what we find out is that this dude... Uh, who's living in this apartment who had the Portuguese girl, he basically like locked the place up with the Portuguese girl inside, like left her to die. Yeah. Um, Which is not so great. Yeah. So they go up into this attic. They find an attic. And this whole time they're like using the light of Pablo's camera to try to see around. Um, And they go up into the attic and there's like a weird infected person up there it's not i don't think it's tristana Medeiros. it's like another little creepy no i think it might have been the japanese boy because that's the only young boy in the building that's true yeah so it's probably him so he like smashes the light on pablo's camera yeah he he has to turn on yeah he he has to turn on the night vision instead and this is like the super iconic end scene that then the remake ruined in the trailer (laughs) oh no um and so now we're like watching this all in night vision. So it's super creepy. Like um, the camera's on Angela and she can't see anything, obviously. So she's just sort of like flailing around and Pablo's kind of trying to help her. Uh, and then we see Tristana. Yeah. And she Tristana. comes out and she is like very tall and like a gangly, like misshapen person at this point. Yeah. Like her face is all like she's bald and like her jaw and chin and whole neck are like all sort of like melted and her legs together. are like super bony and it's yeah. just like weird stuff and she's like going around looking for something but she can't find them when they're they're being quiet or at yeah. least in that moment um unfortunately she does find pablo like yeah. they make a noise or bump into something or something like that and she figures out that they're there um and she kills Pablo and the camera drops to the ground. Um, and, and so Angela, Angela picks it up. Yeah. She tries so she's, to get away. She's running. She's looking through the screen to see what's going on around her. And she sees Tristana, Tristana like mowing down on Pablo. And freaks Which is the interesting. Fuck out. Isn't Pablo also the cameraman in Wreck 2? Um, he is kind of, I think. Um, he is not. The character of Pablo is not the cameraman in Rec 2, but the guy who plays Pablo, I believe, is also the same. Gotcha. Plays the cameraman okay. in Rec 2. There is, okay. I guess, a zombie Pablo that you see at one point, but it's played by a different guy than the guy who played him. Okay, I was just movie. reading, and it said something about how like, uh, Pablo is like the, the cameraman, but it must, have made, must have met the actor. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, Pablo Rosso comes back for the sequel, but still is not seen. Because <laughs> he is actually, I guess he was actually a camera operator that they knew, so... Oh, so, okay, both the character's name was Pablo and the actor's name is Pablo. So they said that, like, Pablo comes back. Yeah. I thought they meant the character, and I was really confused as to how the hell that <laughs> happens. And they meant was the actor. Yeah, okay. no, it's it's not Got the it. character Pablo the cameraman. It's the person Pablo the, Pablo cam- the, the cameraman. cameraman. So no confusion there at all. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so she sees him, uh, Tristana, chowing down on Pablo and runs away and she ends up falling and staring into the camera for a little bit and then surprise gets dragged off yes and I still can't believe that when they made quarantine they put that shot in the trailer yeah who the hell would do that the last shot of the movie in the trailer of the main character dying (laughs) 
So, yeah, that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, it takes a weird turn there at the end with the whole possession thing. Yeah, it does. And it doesn't really feel necessary to make it about possession. It's a little confusing as to why they went that direction. But I think confusing. they expand on it in future movies, is my I understanding. I think they do. I also think that there's something really cool about them leaving this like hell apartment building and finally being like, oh, thank God, we're in this safe space. And then turning on the lights and it's just like covered in fucked up clippings about possession. And they're like, oh, no. that is true. <laughs> it's worse here, which yeah. I thought that was like, I'm I'm kind of a sucker for like supernatural, like creepy room shit. Like I, 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 I do love I that. It's freaky. I don't really I'm believe in a lot of supernatural stuff. I'm making a supernatural creepy room at Animal Crossing right now. <laughs> so far, I have some uh, taxidermy. I have a human anatomical uh, model sitting in the corner. Finding an adorable, adorable, cute cartoon game and finding a way to make it scary as shit is the most on-brand thing I've ever heard of for you. (laughs) It's, like, creepy cute. I saw someone who literally recreated the basement from um, Silence of the Lambs and, like, made an outfit that was supposed to be Buffalo Bill with, like, the robe open. So it was, like, the naked body with, like, the open robe. And, like, there were dresses on the walls and a sewing machine. There was a well in the middle of the floor. And it was so good that God, I was just, I, like, I have to start playing impressed. this game. And then I'm in the corner just, like, adding, like, spooky witchy shit. I did make a, like, ritual sacrifice area on my island as well. Um, of course. Because, you know, it's important to keep the, like dinosaur gods happy so that way they don't come and destroy our island said it before i'll say it again keep them dinosaur gods happy exactly um but anyway uh spooky rooms great love spooky rooms is where this animal crossing tangent came from um so obviously this is a found footage film um it came out and and of course this is not the first found footage film we've done blair witch project we've talked about that you know we've talked about even like new it wasn't even like cannibal holocaust was found footage i mean it was pre real found footage being like a genre but it was filmed in that style i believe wasn't it yeah there's a lot of like documentary style style films um yeah i guess that was more like a faux documentary than it was found footage but that also fits this really well like it's kind of a combination of the two and this came out like right at the beginning of like the ramp up in like found footage horror films so it came out just below like just before cloverfield and paranormal activity um okay technically it came out a month after paranormal activity uh debuted at scream fest but as we discussed in our paranormal activity um episode that movie got shelved for about two years so it didn't get wide release until um 2009 so this movie which was made in spain they probably had not seen paranormal activity when this came out no probably not and anyway they would have made it probably before like it would have probably been done or almost done by the time paranormal activity was at scream fest anyway um and they did i mean they talk about having watched uh found footage or documentary style movies like blair witch uh like even cannibal holocaust man bites dogs lamor and direct which i might be saying wrong um while they were working on this and that they were kind of worried when um other movies started doing found footage style stuff right around that same time um obviously you know you don't want to have a bunch of competition for the movie that you've just made um and uh how may 
said, I think that the coincidence regarding these films has a lot to do with how the audiovisual world is quickly turning around and how the roles of the audience are also changing. They're not just spectators anymore. They're demanding larger roles and much more interaction. Film and its content are looking for innovative ways to respond to these new demands, which I think is like really accurate. And I think that's part of the reason that you see a shift away from like just documentary style to this is the actual footage. It's raw. It's uncut. That kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that and then if you think about like where the world was in 2007, right? I mean, Google came out in like 1999 or 2000 youtube did the start for another handful of years after that and even then i think and so like people are all trying to become like youtube stars and like making their own things and posting them so the idea of and like people were watching it like people were blown up on youtube with like not the highest quality stuff so you didn't need to make movie quality content in order to be interesting and enjoyed by audiences yeah he also talks in another interview about um how he thinks that video games make viewers want to be more involved in the film itself, which I also think makes sense. Like if you're that used sense, to playing yeah. a game where you are a part of the story, then you're going to find it appealing to watch a movie where you're also a part of the story. I mean, mid 2000s, I'm pretty sure it was like peak Silent Hill time, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. I watched a lot of Silent Hill walkthroughs in the mid 2000s. I can tell you that. <laughs> Um, and he also talks about watching, um, the kind of like filler shows that like, while you're sleeping exists as within the rec universe, um, yeah, to kind of get a vibe for that weird sort of nothing show as well as watching episodes of cops, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, he did say, and at least I read this, that they said they were more inspired by television in a lot of ways than they were by film, which I didn't fully get, but yeah, I don't know if it. Like, I see where that inspiration comes from. I think it's easier to see the film references than to see, like, the TV Yeah, it just kind of felt like a movie. And he was like, I felt like this is more of a TV show. I was like, no, but it's literally, like, an hour and 20-minute movie. Yeah. Like, I get that. But referencing cops um, and the fact that she was supposed to be kind of, like, filming a TV show kind of like that makes a lot more sense yeah he mentions that he viewed it as being like a commentary on as he put it the moral and ethical boundaries of tv and how far we should be going with the camera how much can we and should we really show and i think that you see that like obviously by the end of the movie it's good that the camera's there right because like all this crazy shit happens and like if she had gotten out that would be information people would want to have like that this crazy thing happened yeah otherwise people wouldn't know in but at the beginning, she shows up to a police call and they're like, there's a woman, an old woman in this unit having a fucking meltdown. And she's like, awesome. Let's get our camera up there and film that. Yeah, like, that's not the greatest. Yeah. And at the beginning, it's really like I found it really uncomfortable to watch her be like, just keep rolling. No matter what you do, just keep rolling. It's like you're you're like a filler show on well, some movie ends. Um like, after it goes dark, you hear her say, like, hey, Pablo, make sure you get everything. Yeah. And it was, I think that ending line um, kind of adds to the commentary there. And, like, she got everything, including death. Yeah, exactly. Um, so kind of like a Paranormal Activity or a Blair Witch Project, they did try to use mostly, like, unknown actors. I think that um, the woman who played Angela was a little bit recognizable uh, because I think that she had done some like TV hosting stuff. Um, 
But other than that, they basically used unknown actors and this really like improvisation heavy filming technique, which is like the same thing that you see with Blair Witch, where they give them like the outline and they're like, go out into the woods. <laughs> yeah, I read that uh, when the the firemen fell over, they didn't actually tell them that was going to happen. Right. And he just everybody kind of reacted to that happening the way that they would so yeah there's a movie that i watched a couple years ago i think i've mentioned a couple times on this podcast called grave encounters it's a found footage movie that i don't know if it was just like the environment or what it was but like the night i watched that that was like the scariest movie i'd ever seen and this was like (laughs) in college um but there's a scene where they do the same thing where like they're running up these stairs and they think they're supposed to find an exit and they're told like oh just respond to whatever you see what they found is just like there's a wall blocking off one of the exits that just like wasn't there just like a magic wall popped up and they're like what the fuck and it was super cool yeah anyway, and i think sorry. that whatever no, i, I mean, think I of think found it... footage i think of that <laughs> understandably and i think that adds a lot like and even little things that they didn't plan on happening like there's a scene where i think manu hurts his leg because he trips with the, while they're going down the stairs he actually hurt his leg like that oh. was not a planned trip he just fell but they would just keep filming. They wouldn't stop. They wouldn't break. So they kind of had to have people just react to things as they would react to them and move it along. And that's why I really do wish that I could see this as a subtitled version because I really, it would have really been so like- much better. Yeah. I'm so angry at the dubbing. I think the dubbing ruined this movie for me. I think it did. And I, I just, I would love to see a version where you just get all of that natural reaction. And just by nature, I don't think that a dub can ever really feel natural. But yeah, like people didn't have the full script, so nobody really knew what was going on anyway. I kind of um, love that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like you said, they had done a, a documentary previously, so they kind of were able to film in that style. They got a cameraman who actually was a cameraman to play a cameraman in the movie and had him shoot it. So, like, they they did what they could to make it as realistic as possible. And honestly, for the most part, I think they did a really good job with it. Yeah. I mean, it looked really good. Like, it looked like a movie that was i don't know it looked like the footage had been found which i guess is the point of found footage yeah i think so so this is interesting because this is also i guess as most found footage movies are it's also another genre of film because it's also a zombie movie yeah well found footage is like a way that a movie is shot and then usually there's like okay but then what are the themes so like like it could be cloverfield which is a disaster type movie it can be disaster monster movie yeah Uh, blair witch is like a scary spoopy witchcraft movie um you have uh paranormal activity which is like a demon possession movie and then you have this which is basically a zombie movie but also maybe a demon possession movie (laughs) it's a zombie movie where it implies that zombies are uh products of demon not uh, uh demonic possession Demonic. Which is a twist that I find very fascinating that I wish that they like expanded on more because I think that that is so interesting and not something I've seen anywhere else ever. Yeah, I tried Googling it to see if that's like a thing that had been discussed before, but I didn't see anything about that. Yeah. And I just like, oh gosh, I just wish that they had talked about it more. And I get that like that's the big twist and they get up there and that's the end of it. I just... And honestly, if they talked about it more, it might have felt like they were going too far or it was like too Sounds convenient. Sounds like you've got to watch Rec 2, Maggie. I guess. Because when I first watched it, I was like, that's dumb. Why is it a possession movie now? But like, why not? You know what? But fuck now it. You Where do zombies come from anyway? In Night of the Living Dead, they come from Venus. So fuck it. They can be demons. Wait, do they really come from Venus in Night of the Living Dead? Uh, I don't think that they ever say it. Like, say it for sure, but that's, like, a, the theory, because I think there's been, like, a meteor from Venus or something recently that they talk about on the news. 
Gotcha. So it's about as confirmed as this is, I guess. Um, and I actually did think about Night of the Living Dead kind of a lot when we were watching or when I was watching this movie. Um, for one thing, because one of the like it starts with a child who is sick because they secretly have the disease and then they like attack their parent. Um, yeah, which happens with the little girl that they have in the basement in Night of the Living Dead. Um, and also like the way that the building works in this is sort of like the reversal of the way that it works in Night of the Living Dead, where like in a traditional zombie movie, like the house that you can get to is the safety zone. And in this one, the house is the danger zone and you can't get out of it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and either way, like in both of them, you kind of see the government not really caring for the individual lives of the people who are in the situation. So like in this one, they just like keep everybody in there, which I get, especially right now. I understand <laughs> like you can't be like, oh, yeah, it sucks that you're in this shitty situation, but come on out, like just go all over the place. Because, yes, that would cause a zombie possession outbreak to cover all of this fucking city. I get it. I feel <sighs> like it was my idea to watch this movie because I was like, it isn't it topical. And uh, I regret everything. It's all too topical. It made me feel better about my current isolation situation, which is that, like, I could go and drive to the grocery store and have somebody put groceries in the trunk of my car today. (laughs) And they can't do that in this movie. There's no person in my apartment building trying to rip my throat out. Oh, I have people trying to rip my throat out, but I don't. I can still get groceries. So not actually. (laughs) I have some interesting neighbors. Yeah. That was a joke. My neighbors are fine. <laughs> Mostly. Uh, and in Night of the Living Dead, they just straight up shoot Ben at the end, even though he's still uninfected. Which, again... They didn't technically shoot anyone who was not infected in this. But they did handcuff right. the mom. And they were trying to get her free. They just didn't have the key because the guy who had the key was fucking dead. Yeah. So... And it was either, like, all of them die or she dies. Which I feel bad, but also, like, I don't think they could have done anything different. Yeah, I would definitely say that the um, the government forces in this movie are more reasonable in their actions than they are in, like, Night of the Living Dead. Because they don't even check to see if Ben is alive. Or, like, if Ben is infected in Night of the Living Dead. They just, like, straight up yeah, shoot Yeah, the government wanted to let the them night. out after they were, like, able to do testing and make sure that, like, none of them were zombies. But uh, then, you know... The guy doing the testing was killed. Yeah. So um, what happens after this? I mean, I guess that's what Rec 2 is, but like... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I is it just Rec a 2. forever boarded up building with just zombies and like, don't let anyone out? Does that work so well for that one apartment be. unit? I mean, I don't know what else you would do because now like this demon possession is contagious. So I don't know. Like, Evacuate all the buildings around it and then blow it all up. I guess. I mean, apparently there's some discussion that it may have been spread via rats, like I mentioned earlier. I guess one of the sequels suggests that it could possibly be spread by mosquitoes. Ooh, interesting. Which is insane because, like, no bloodborne illnesses are spread by mosquitoes, but, like, or, like, I mean, that's not true. Some bloodborne illnesses. That's not true. <laughs> like, malaria is definitely spread by mosquitoes. But uh, like, Zika is spread by mosquitoes. Oh, as that's well. also true. There are a lot of ones that are. Mosquitoes are not great. Actually, mosquitoes are one of the deadliest uh, bugs out there. I was reading about this the other day because I have, as you know, I have a huge fear of cockroaches. That is like my number one fear. And it's somewhat irrational because like the worst thing a cockroach is going to do is maybe give you food poisoning. Well, people don't have the same fear of mosquitoes, but mosquitoes are the bug that's most likely to kill you because it does pass those um, diseases around. 
That's a good point. I think I was thinking of this more as like a like a bloodborne illness like uh, HIV or hepatitis or something like that. Where like blood has to con- not... come in contact with blood. Yeah, because typically in a zombie movie, you don't get it like somebody can't cough on you and make you a zombie. They have to like bite you. Bite it has you. to be like transmitted through saliva. And usually in that case, it dies before it gets to like, like for that kind of disease, usually it would die before it would get to you. But you're right. There are so many diseases that are spread by mosquitoes that maybe this, why this one couldn't be demon mosquitoes. True. I mean, they. I guess if the well, do the mosquitoes get really angry and bite like a lot more people than usual? <laughs> maybe. Fuck. That would be a, such a such a nightmare. Such a disaster. mosquitoes from hell. Oh god. But then, like, you would think that just her being in the apartment would eventually have spread it just by. Like her germs. Well, even then, the whole rats thing, like rats only spread the plague because of fleas, because fleas were biting people. So that was also something where it was bugs getting in the way. Like the rats weren't biting, going around biting a bunch of people. The rats themselves were not spreading the illness. It was the fleas that were biting rats and biting people and biting sick people and then and dead people and all of that. So really, bugs, bugs make sense. Even if it is rats, it's probably the fleas on the rats. Also, there's apparently enough ability to get around because the little kid gets up into her apartment even though the that's door is true locked. so there must be ways to get in and out so yeah i mean a rat could a cat that lived in the building like there are, i guess there are a bunch of ways that it could spread rats interest cats and muscatos rats cats muscatos so, so i mean yeah, i'm in a place this, right now uh i've been too. in my Listen, apartment guys. for too long yeah, this these are not. I don't know that the quarantine episodes are going to be our. They most are not the highlights. <laughs> they are not the best. I am sorry. We are trying, guys. We really are. We want this to still be fun and entertaining. We, we love are you all. both kind of in a tough mental place with this thing, as I'm sure everybody else is. A so lot of people forgive are. Forgive yeah. us if we're not on our A game. But it's fine. We're doing great. We it are honestly. It could be much worse for it us. It could be so much worse. Overall, we're doing well. It's just mentally some of the yeah some of the extracurricular stuff is not as easy to do as it used to (laughs) i think that's a good way of putting it yeah um speaking of future disappointments to our audience oh man i'm joking i'm joking speaking of uh, amazing things we're gonna knock out of the park what is the next movie that we're doing madeline the positive thing about being stuck inside is that i am kind of able to get through my backlog of Somewhat games. I've been playing more games than usual, but I've been watching a lot of movies and TV. And one that I haven't gotten to yet, but I've been dying to watch is Brightburn. Ooh, yes. I really want to see it's that like movie. Evil Superman gets very, very violent. It yeah. Is, Elizabeth but... Banks is the mom in that, right? Yeah, she is. I just watched the Lego movie last night, and she is the voice of Wild Child in it, or Wild Style. Sorry. Nice. I got that wrong. She's great. But anyway, uh, apparently I'm on like an Elizabeth Banks thing. So let's watch Let's watch a scary, evil Clark Kent. What if everything Sweet. in Superman went horribly wrong? I love a good creepy child That's movie, all I know, know about this movie. That and I have heard it gets very, very violent, which honestly I'm here for. Awesome. All right. I think this will be our first uh, superhero horror movie that we've had. <laughs> there are very many of those. Yeah. I think this will be a lot of fun. Okay in theaters. Perfect. <laughs> great i'm excited <laughs> me too uh all right well until then uh everybody do your best to say to stay sane and uh you know yeah, sorry for the shorter episode but if you are enjoying us if we are keeping you sane at all throughout this uh 
lovely quarantine time, we'd love it if you'd follow us on our socials or give us a review on the App Store. Yeah. Um, and as always, you know, we're on Facebook. You guys can reach out to us at our uh, uh, Saturday the 14th Facebook page and say hey or let us know how you're doing or what you're thinking. Um, and we will see you in about two weeks with a new episode. Yes. Have All right. fun. Enjoy your uh, time in your apartment slash home. Yes. Be good. Stay inside. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.